Modern Life. You're listening to Exploring Modern Art with Dorothy. Hi, my name is Dorothy, and joining me today is... Michelle. I'm kidding, it's Zirak again. <laughs> Zirak again. Nice to meet you. Zirak again. Yeah. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Um, I'm here. I'm ready. Well, I hope you'd show some enthusiasm. We're talking about your favorite painter. Yes. Yes. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. <laughs> um, we apologize for that. <laughs> to whoever's listening to this with earphones, I'm sorry. But but that's you how know. you say it. Yes. That's, because that's we're educated it. now and cultured as one will. <laughs> uh, Vincent. Vincent. Yeah. Vinny. Vincent. Yeah. Vinny. Yeah. Vinny. So, um, Vinny is one of the most important modern artists, or one of the most important artists, um, period. period. Yeah, exactly. He, um, was born in 1853 Mm. to upper middle class parents. Of course he was. <laughs> and um I'm not surprised. Why are you not surprised? I don't I don't know. Um just the way that his life went, I think, you know, I don't feel like people totally understood him or what he was about. I don't know. It sort of um, fits in with, you know, um like f- have you seen Schitt's Creek? No, I've not. Okay, so it's a show um, that, that like recently won like four Emmys to people mm-hmm. that, or Golden Globes or, or mm-hmm. what. I don't keep up with award season, but it won awards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about like this uh, uber rich family that lost their money and they sort of have to, you know, like cope with that and all that. But that's besides the point. The son in that show that's played by Dan Levy is just... You know, I don't know. Van Gogh gives me well. He gave me Van Gogh vibes. Was he? Do you do you think he it was because he he was misunderstood? Yes. All right. Yeah. So. so so this is, I don't know. I was like, I'm not surprised. Mm, I think that oh, this might be controversial of me to say, but I am not a fan of the starving artist or misunderstood genius. Trope. trope yes yeah. yeah same i mean i i think it gets romanticized a little mm-hmm. bit too much um you know so yeah van gogh though he's like the original of both of them he like is the, the og he yeah. has and actually inspired that romanticization yeah. and that trope which he, is kind of sad why do you think it's sad i think it's it's it yeah. i feel like it helps bring more people into acceptance it, mm-hmm. it, you know it yeah makes it more acceptable to be edgy nowadays yeah well i that yes but like i think it was sad for him yeah definitely know? because so. he's um obviously achieved success after he's passed yeah so he is really famous for being a post-impressionist. Do you know what... Do, or do you have any idea what that means? 
he came after impressionism. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um, but post-impressionist actually not only means coming after, it also kind of means anti-impressionist. Oh. So impressionism was what Monet did, ah, yes. which were very vivid use of color and emphasize the geometric forms of like natural things Mm -hmm. and they use those little lines of Mm -hmm. different color to show how light changes or how time changes and time moves Mm -hmm. so the thing that they had problems with like van gogh or the post-impressionists had was how they had a problem with the naturalistic depiction of the light so they didn't like how um, light was portrayed. Yeah. And so they just decided to go anti-impressionist and um, painted more. The use of color was less natural. They used more vivid colors um, that you, you feel like were a bit out of place. Mm-hmm. So they are very, very similar, but... um, Very different. Yeah, but they they were, like, anti-natural. Yeah. So Impressionists would be more like, we're using this color to show something that's natural or how the natural light hits. Yeah. And post-Impressionists would be, like, anti that they'd use like crazy colors where you 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 wouldn't expect that light would be there mm-hmm. in that color so for example in van gogh's famous starry night or yeah. um he uses like purples um and greens and you wouldn't see that naturally in the sky right yeah oh okay i got it yeah so like yeah. sometimes you'd see maybe like oh why is there green on his face Right. Mm-hmm. Or why is there like white in um, the fucking window that's supposed to be dark? So a lot of these weird places where different colors of light hits, that's what mm-hmm. um, he's famous for. Yeah. Um, yeah. As well as how dramatic and impulsive the brushwork is. It looks very impulsive. It looks very mm-hmm. like I didn't plan this but it's very all very meticulous you yeah. can see so I feel like th- how meticulous that brushwork is um yet how they make it look very impulsive I think is also one thing that makes him such an amazing artist true true he's definitely he, he definitely has his own very unique style mm-hmm which is not something that you can say about, like, a lot of, for example, Renaissance painters. Like, they do mm. have their unique style, but it's very, in my opinion, as a very uncultured person when it comes to art. No, you can't say that about yourself, I think. Um, it do- it, they are very similar, though. Yeah, those, then, like, commission-based yeah. art. Yeah. And then Van Gogh is just sort of like, you know that's a Van Gogh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even though his artwork is a lot, and you might not actually have seen them all, 
right away you can tell uh, you can recognize his style funnily enough although he's lived a very short life he um passed at the age of 37 wow he actually created 2000 uh 2100 paintings mm-hmm. and around 860 of them were oil paintings oh so he worked mainly in oil but even in his short life he really embraced creating art yeah he's definitely found something that he's liked yeah <laughs> i think one of like his self portraits mm-hmm. i think I love that. Which one was it? The like one with the headscarf? Like, all of them. When he cut his ear off? <laughs> like, which just, one? Just all of them. I find, like, that concept in and of itself just so fascinating. Like, doing self-portraits. And then the way that Van Gogh does his, I think, like... Like, you can tell how he was feeling about himself when he did them. Mm. And that's, you know... It's it's very, like, I know that, like, when someone creates art or creates, you know, really anything, it's sort of like, an uh, it's sort of like a window for you to look into their minds and, like, see the way that they think. But I think, like, for Van Gogh and his self-portraits, that's especially true. I agree. I think yeah. that the emotion... That comes through with the use of color. Yeah. Um, and how he paints his expressions. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think it's very similar to um, Rembrandt. Mm-hmm. When he paints his self-portraits, he uses very dark colors. And uh, he he has multiple self-portraits over the course of his life. And you can tell when he was like a younger man, he would use lighter colors. And... And after his wife and his daughter passed, I think, his daughter passed as well, um, he would use darker colors and he'd have a very like solemn and aged, full of wrinkles kind of face. And even though Van Gogh obviously didn't live to such an old age, he I feel like he did depict himself as more solemn and older and more yeah. mature because of how he's hardened or aged with mm-hmm. those um, life experiences. That and the way that he painted, like, his room in um, the ins- the mental institution. Mm. I mean, they were called asylums back in the day, but, you know. Um, Is it this one, the bedroom in Arles? Yes, that one. And, like, you know how Starry Night is actually the scene from outside of that window? Mm-hmm. And that's just... You know, <sighs> I don't like that is he's like a very honest look into his life I think uh, comparatively Mm -hmm. I know that usually I'm the one that looks into the meanings of art and you kind of read yes more of text but actually I think in this case I think what gives us more insight to Van Gogh's life, although his paintings do give us a great insight, I think more, moreover than his art, I feel like his letters to his younger brother Theo yes, was yeah. what really gave us a 
good depiction of what he was thinking. And I honestly Mm -hmm. applaud Theo. Theo, not Leo, my bad. Theo, for keeping all of that. Those yeah. letters. There were over six hundred letters didn't, that they exchanged. Was didn't his brother find him? Or or something like His or, brother was his art dealer. Yeah. No, but like when he um committed suicide, which is how he passed, mm-hmm. wasn't his brother the one to find him or his brother was the first one to know that he passed or something like that? I'm really not sure. Yeah. Because I remember reading or hearing something about that, that, you know, and, you know, after he passed, like, Theo was just obviously devastated because, you Mm -hmm. know, his brother is gone. And then he sort of, like, kept all of the mementos, um, which is understandable. But um, I think they also made, like, they've made movies about Van Gogh, yes. But then there was one that was an animated movie, and I don't really remember what it was called, but it follows a man, an, an inspector or an art dealer, who comes to Theo to talk about his brother after the death. Oh, is it um the one where they do it in that kind of yes. post-impressionism? Yes. Style? <gasps> yes. yes. I think yes. that's a stop-motion animation. Yes. Stop-motion, yes. That one... I have yet to watch, actually. Mm-hmm. The A really good animation that I've watched on artists is the Dali one, mm-hmm. if you've watched that. It's 3D. In You can put it on your VR. It's like, in, immerse yourself immerse. in Dali, and it's wonderful. Yes. Uh, so I just looked up Van Gogh's death, mm-hmm. and at age 37, he shot himself in the chest, with a uh, revolver, with a 7mm revolver. There's a bunch of French here, um, details in French of the revolver that I cannot read. Okay. So we, yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a revolver. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he, there were no witnesses, but it is speculated that he might have, um, committed suicide in the wheat field, which he has been painting in yeah. the local barn. Yeah, the one with the crows over, the, like, it's the one from that painting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's from a, a wheat farm that yeah. he was painting. And yes. because the bullet deflected from his rib and passed through his chest, so it didn't do much damage to his internal organs. Okay. So, uh, it was also stopped by his spine, so it didn't pass through his body. So he was able to walk back to the hospital. <laughs> That's not funny. It's not funny, but it's like you shot yourself, but God is just like, nope. <laughs> Did so when he got so he passed away in the hospital then? Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so he's like, Goodbye world, boom. And then God's just like Nope, you gonna walk yourself home. No, to the hospital. No, to home, which is like the mental asylum. Oh, that's what you meant when you said hospital. Yeah. And then he passed away there. Yes. Was there no medical aid at the place? Okay, okay, okay. So he was attended by two doctors. 
but there but because there was no surgeon so they couldn't remove the bullet it was in his spine dude well okay yes i get that okay this is what okay this might be controversial but this is what i think about people who are dead set on committing suicide yes there's no point in stopping someone or taking away that that freedom if they want to leave well no but then the thing like i mean there's obviously a difference you're talking about a man that was in a mental institution so he did not have the faculties to fully evaluate whether or not that's actually what he wanted to do you know, it's like the same thing with like, it's the same thing with like alcohol and consent, right? A, a drunk but, person. But even if you want to you know? commit suicide, you, that is enough to p- commit you into a mental asylum. Not necessarily. Really? Yeah. Cause like suicidal tendencies, like you obviously need therapy and counseling for that. Yes. But not every case immediately goes but into how do a, we know a, that, a mental institution. You know, you're. You're definitely crazy if you want to commit suicide. I feel like being able to commit suicide mm-hmm. is one of the only liberties you have a choice of. You like that's a free, that's an absolutely totally free choice and an absolute liberation. You don't have a choice to be born, but you have a choice yeah. on when to die, how you want to die. No, but that's that's the reason why euthanasia is a thing, right? Yeah, B- because most of the time. Like, the reason why people commit suicide isn't because they want to exercise that free choice to leave, right? It's often a symptom of an underlying condition. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So the underlying condition in Van Gogh's case um, was depression. Was depression. And, and he also had psychosis mm-hmm. and delusions. So psychosis yeah. and, is when you see hallucinations. So, and delusions is delusions is when you don't know what's real and what's not real. Okay. I think that's a difference. So maybe some people like maybe some people that suffer from psychosis maybe they'll hear voices mm-hmm. but they know that's not real. But then having delusions is believing that something's real when it's not actually there. Mm-hmm. Um and coupled with the depression and um, he also was a heavy drinker. Okay. So he was not in a great state. <laughs> I have a question. How did he get the revolver while he was in the the, the institution? Well, it wasn't... It isn't, like, in... Like, how... Like, how do you let a patient who you have on watch because they have suicidal tendencies get hold of a revolver like how does that Mm. happen it isn't really like a hospital it's more like a um it's technically like i don't know how to explain it's like a like those country homes where there are nurses Uh, and you stay there to like like a nursing home kind of but for like people that were mentally ill Mm mm-hmm Oh, so sort of like, um, I get what you mean. It's like a rehabilitation yes. place. Yeah. But it's like, but there are doctors yeah. there. It's like in the 1800s when a woman was like, quote unquote, hysterical. And yeah, she yeah, yeah. went away to the country. Yes. Know? To paint or something. Okay. That, yes, yeah. that's the vibe. Um, and so 
Van Gogh, after um, shooting himself, he needed to walk back home. Oh, my God. Um, and then, so the doctors tended him best they could um, because there was no surgeon. They couldn't take the bullet out of his spine. And so they just left him alone in his room, smoking his Wh- pipe. What? I mean... Well, I mean, I get that there's... But at least, like, keep him company or something. You know, give him morphine or whatever to ease the pain. Well, that's why they gave him his pipe. Oh. I assume that morphine and all of the treatment has been done. Okay. And it's like, okay, we'll we'll let you, you know, take a break. And the next morning... Theo, Theo finally came. Oh, no, no, no. And, And... Oh, no. And... No, Theo said he found him in good spirits. Oh, Okay, so he's still alive. Yes, he's still. The morning after. Yes. So Theo. So the next morning, Theo rushed to Van Gogh's side, so to Vincent's side, Vinny's Vinny's side, side. and found him in good spirits. Um, but within like a few hours, Vinny became, you know, began to kind of fail. Because he suffered from an untreated infection from the wound. Oh. Um, And then he passed in the early hours of 29th July. And according to Theo, Vinny's last words were, the sadness will last forever. And there are multiple sources. There are like four different sources on this. I... I mean... Two out of four is in French. But his last words were, the sadness will last forever. That it did, it did, it has, it has. I think that the problem is, I think that he obviously committed suicide before he could gain any recognition for his work. Mm-hmm. I felt like that's the shame. I felt like if he mm-hmm. stuck on, if he stuck around for like twenty more years, he would have found the critical success. But obviously, it's more like, would that critical success ha- have actually helped him? Yeah. A lot of people speculated that like his depression stemmed from poverty, but obviously, I don't think depression would stem from like one thing that's yeah. like that. It's obviously yeah. like. There are a lot of factors, like maybe there's a chemical imbalance yeah. in his brain. Cause so I, I think, you know, people always feel like it's a shame, like, oh, he should have stuck around for like 20 mm-hmm. years and he'd find com- uh, critical and commercial success and then be happy. But would he really have been happy even if he has had, like, if he, even if he's achieved commercial success? Because yeah. if poverty was the reason from what i know about Vinny and theo's relationship they were quite close mm-hmm. so if it was that i'm pretty sure theo would have helped his like his brother out i mean and, theo being an art dealer yeah. i don't think is super rich either well, yeah but like their parents and i'm sure there was inheritance and stuff indeed yeah um speaking of the gun remember you were talking about the gun just now yes how did he get it oh, i no. don't i genuinely don't know okay I don't know how he got the gun, but, but. Um, the gun that allegedly Van Gogh used to commit suicide, that it was rediscovered in 1965, 
and then was auctioned off in 2019. What? As okay. the most famous weapon in art history. I'm... And the gun sold okay. for units hundreds. <laughs> units tens okay let me do that let me let me let me read that (laughs) math (laughs) it sold for a hundred and sixty two thousand five hundred euros yeah that yes which was apparently three times more than expected which means it was the three times more than the starting auction price yes i felt like that's disgusting same i feel like (sighs) I feel like it's fine if you want to put it in yeah. a museum. But, like, who bought it? Who is this one person being like, I want to buy something that a person used to end their own life? So it was purchased by a private collector. Of course it was. Via telephone. <sighs> of course it was. So now what? So now it's just going to be, like, a talking piece of, like, dinner parties? <laughs> I don't, like that's that's disgusting. I honestly wouldn't have minded if it was a museum, museum, yeah, or if it was a private collector that then donated it to say a museum, the Van Gogh Museum, yeah, because I think that it is a very monumental piece, um, and as the caption said it is the most important piece murder weapon in art history but Mm -hmm. then again i feel like putting a price tag on how on some on something so controversial sensitive as a life like valuable i don't think there there's i don't i I just feel like morally yeah it's wrong but i I can't put a finger on it. I can't describe yeah. this feeling. Why it's yeah, wrong. it just pisses me off, but I don't know why it pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. Is it um I think Theo's grandson or great-grandson is is alive. Like Van Gogh's family is still a thing. Alive. I mean, just one person dying in a family doesn't mean the whole family tree is dead you know yeah. there are cousins and yeah step some things you know there yeah. will, will always be a connection because i i remember like um at one point i think it uh, a bunch of his paintings were stolen like one that he did um about a church in 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 his hometown which is i think also the church that their father was the pastor or the minister of mm, I don't really mm, remember mm. Um, but he did that and that was like a sign of his that was like the beginning of his like signature style mm-hmm. of like the way that he would do the trees and stuff and that was one of the paintings that got stolen so when they were um, trying to look for it Theo's descendants were like very involved in it and and they were talking about like oh like when can we like have we found it yet what's going on you know um so yeah his his family is still like very involved in his artwork what's going on exhibitions about him and then to have an auction for the gun it's it's very crass cuz like they still remember him and they still like you know, they they talk about him as if they know him. Like, they have been interviewed. So, I mean, that's 
that's that's just very insensitive to who like discovering it, putting it up for auction. I mean, I don't think discovering it. Well, discovering, well, yes, discovering it, but like not like creating like a big hoopla around it, like being like, oh my god, he used this to kill himself. It's, it's, I mean, would the same thing have happened if it was a noose? I think so, yes. That's, that's just wrong, man. That's just wrong. That's, no, that's not nice. But I really do understand what you mean. But I think that although it's not nice, a lot of people are kind of fanatics. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If yes. If Justin Bieber can sell his a lock of his hair. Justin Bieber sold a lock of his hair? Yeah. And like Lady Gaga can sell her used underwear. Yeah. Shane Dawson did the same. Okay, we're not talking about Shane Dawson. <laughs> like if these but... people can sell these kind of just minuscule things Mm -hmm. that are just a figment of their day-to-day life Mm -hmm. this object that that took away van gogh's life and ended his legacy right yeah this this monumental piece i really do understand why someone would want to get their hands on it yeah but like i mean he's not just a legacy you know like this was an actual person yes and because and i think it's because of what that object encapsulated mm-hmm. um although we might think it's disrespectful maybe from those people's point of view it's the most it's putting him on a pedestal and by yeah. doing so it's the mo- utmost respect i think there are a lot of different angles to look at this from yeah but it's ew still it is it is yeah. very ew yeah speaking of which um since you talked about theo's grandchildren yes or um, great grandchildren great grandchildren okay right I'm not sure either. Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know about that. Um, yeah. He has kids. And they have kids. And, and pres- the line <laughs> lives on. There is someone out there with a surname Van Gogh that is related to the actual Van Gogh. Just is the gist of this. Mm-hmm. You know. He, his family actually, I think one of the things that influenced Van Gogh to be so artistic is how his family his family background he had three uncles who were art dealers oh okay so his his dad was the minister of the dutch reformed church mm-hmm. which is the largest christian denomination church but his grandfather was like a university graduate and then had three children that became art dealers so van gogh uh, so Vinny, <laughs> these are all van gogh yeah, yes <laughs> so Vinny, <laughs> the van goghs so you Vinny know. became an artist, and then Theo became an art dealer. Mm-hmm. So it is a very artistic family, and I really do understand why that same sentiment carries through to the grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a family business at this point, except, like, there yeah. is no actual family business. They work for other art businesses. I but, think there might you know. be. Oh. 
Um, I'm sure they work very closely with the Vincent van Gogh brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe working with the Amsterdam uh, mm-hmm. van Gogh Museum. Wouldn't, wouldn't they be essentially? Wouldn't they be caretakers of his is his estate? And, and right? I yeah, I assume stuff like that, like Roy Lichtenstein. I think yeah. his um, descendants made like a Lichtenstein Lichtenstein Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of artists who has gained notoriety and a lot of fame mm-hmm. from their art their descendants usually i want i don't want to say leech off they <laughs> carry, on carry on carrying on yeah essentially yeah they they yeah. leech off um <laughs> speaking of leeching off the most expensive van gogh painting because this is our favorite segment of every single week but like the last yes. last week we didn't talk about it which one for for Mark Chagall. Yeah. Oh, we forgot Mark's most expensive? Yeah. Oh. But it's okay. We're sorry, Mark. We can talk about Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Vinny's. Vinny's. Yes. Um, They're all Van Gogh's. They are. So. Crackers. (laughs) Vinny's most expensive painting was um, one, it's called The Portrait of Dr. Gachette, which was his psychologist psychiatrist psychologist wow at the time um in na- so it was painted in 1890 just like a few months before van gogh's death so this is him and like so the art style is totally in fruition mm-hmm. um the development of his style is very mature already yes so van gogh stayed with dr gachet a couple of times um he was originally introduced to van gogh uh, so Vinny by his brother Theo, who who feels like um, Vinny would have got like hopefully Vinny would get better if he spent some time with a doctor and treated mm-hmm. him. Um, and Vinny was I'm, I'm sorry. And um, Doctor Gachet was also very friendly with other artists. So they at first. Um, the doctors assess- oh Van Gogh at first so Vinny at first was not really that cool with the doctor he said I think that we must not count on Dr. Gachet at all first of all he is sicker than I am I think oh, <laughs> or wow. shall we say just as much <laughs> so that's that um, so he's got a bit of fire in him but then he later warmed up to Dr. Gachet and they became friends really or, good or, friends yeah, yeah. um uh, one question, though, I have about um, Vincent before we move on is because we know that, you know, people like Roy, Lichten- Roy and Mark, our um, boy Roy, our boy Roy and Mark <laughs> and stuff, they definitely interacted with like other artists and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did Vinny do the same? Because it sounds like he led a very artistically isolated life, like not in terms of like people that were interested in art, but like other artists i think uh vincent himself lived quite a lonely life Mm -hmm. he was in and out of these asylums where oftentimes um of course he'd be isolated and um he was a missionary for a bit of time he drifted around um he did meet some members of the avant-garde movement when he moved to Paris, like Emile Bernard and um, 
Paul Goggin, but I don't think that they've became like great friends. He just was a drifter, very solitary, that kind of starving artist misunderstood mm-hmm. kind of vibe overall. Yeah. The OG. The OG. Yeah. But back to Dr. Gachet. Mm-hmm. Um, he, this, this is Van Gogh's most expensive artwork, even though it's not the most recognizable. Yeah, I didn't recognize it immediately. So, I mean, I knew it was Van Gogh, but I didn't know what it was, like which piece it was. So, in the 1990, in 1990, I wanted to say the 1990s, but it's 1990. In 1990, it sold for $86 to $86 Yeah, to a Japanese businessman. Eight, well, I'm sorry. Okay. $86 million. Yes. Dollars. Yes. What? Um. So the guy, so it was auctioned at Christie's. So the businessman's name is Ryoe Saito. And um, the current adjusted price, like accounting for inflation, is mm-hmm. $152 million. <gasps> Oh, 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 oh. And it is oh. currently the seventh most expensive painting in the world. Okay, what is the most expensive painting in the world now? Because, I'm sorry, 86 million US dollars? That's insane. And now it's like, what, 150 something million? 152. That's, that's, okay, that is ridiculous. That's um, ridiculous. The most expensive painting right now is. Salvatore Mundi by um, Leonardo da Vinci. Um, okay. All right. Another Which is OG. Like Jesus pointing in the sky, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wait, so, because, like, I'm pretty sure, like, people listening to this and me as well, I thought, like, his most expensive painting would be Starry Night. Because that's. Well, those what... weren't auctioned. Those are in on display in oh, galleries okay so right, those yeah. would not have a necessary price tag on them mm-hmm. although it's his most recognizable and most famous of course it would fetch for a higher price if it was taken out of the, their collection and sold mm-hmm. they wouldn't do that so who technically owns the van gogh artwork in museums the museum okay the museum is a collective it is in the museum's possession and in their collection okay so, um, some museums are, of course, like state owned. Mm-hmm. Some might be like under the royal family. Some might be private owned. It really depends. So, say one of Theo's great grandkids shows up and he's like, hey, that's like, it is not going to work. They're not, no. they're not going to give it to him. No. Oh. Like, I, I think he might have one on one time with it, but. He, with the painting? Yeah, that is like a really big deal, you know? Yeah. Well, but yeah. I don't think he could just go and take it off of the... Well, yeah. Uh, off yeah. of the wall and just walk away with that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, then. So let's talk about why this painting is so expensive. Yes, why? <laughs> it is because... One of okay, one of the reasons was because of the timing. So in the ni- in nineteen in the nineteen nineties, the m- market was really strong for Van Gogh, and his pieces were super popular. And 
at the time there were um a lot of noise for Van Gogh. So Van Gogh was essentially trending. Yeah. And um this guy, Ryoe Sato Saito, um also created some controversy. He's seventy five years old when the time he bought the painting and he said that he would want to be cremated with the painting. Oh my. And although his publicists and everyone assured the public that this was just his own way of showing his intense appreciation for the painting, um, we haven't seen the painting since his death in 1996. Wait, what, 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 what? Yeah, so... So, so hypothetically, Mr. Saito has burnt... Well cremated the painting alongside with him. him can he do that well technically he can he can he owns the painting he owns the painting he i mean before oh, he oh passed my. he said he would donate it to the japanese government Did he? some people say that he sold the painting but after his death in 1996 we have not seen the painting since so the painting is gone well we don't know what happened to the painting but i think it's safe to say that he you know i yes it's not outside the realm of possibility that this painting will forever be lost lost. well that is quite a heavy end yes yeah wow i Uh, like then i like this episode i like Vinny. i do like Vinny. i feel like this episode was very very easy to yeah. talk about. I think I really like how it flowed this week. Um, I, this, is the actu- this is an artist I actually know something about. <laughs> and also, it's not just about the technicalities and like a biography of his life. There is a lot of other topics like mental health mm-hmm. and um, familial bonds that we touched on that I think is very important and um we are also functioning on a an entire night's sleep which is great you are yes are you fun stuff are you yes great yeah (laughs) which is why (laughs) we're more awake but than than usual next week yes um we're going to do um, Shazan, Shazan, Shazan. Um, and I'm excited. <laughs> he is also a white male. <laughs> well, Paul Shazan, he's French. Um, but still white and still male. But he's also a post-impressionist artist, and I'm excited to talk to him. Hope- to him talk about him oh, oh. i thought um, you were gonna like hold a seance in in the podcasting booth i'd be down for that man i'm catholic and you're muslim <laughs> we're not supposed to do that hold seances and talk to people beyond the grave <laughs> technically I, I don't think seances are real but you know are they I, are they haram are they halal they, they, they just don't they don't exist it's not possible for <laughs> us well i don't know about catholicism but you know thank you so much dear listener for listening to this episode hope you have a wonderful day 
and you'll join us next week for the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I like our vibe.